What if a black girl knew? You are listening to WIA BGK, the What If a Black Girl New podcast. I have another special guest for you today, Bola Soul. What is your fitness regime? Because I swear, <laughs> I swear, <laughs> eh? we have all been trying, all of us. We have trying, we're trying. Do you do press-ups in the morning? Do you know what? I'm the youngest of six kids and the youngest of four girls. Um, naturally, genetically, ironically, my sisters aren't naturally slim. I'm the only one out of four who is naturally slim. Okay. But um, I have a fast metabolism, or some people say high metabolism. And at one point, I remember, I used, I used to eat so much. At one point, I was 19. And I was probably on my third bowl of rice and my sister said, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were like, your body is good. It's about to slow down. And as a result of that, you need to calm down with your portions. I've seen my sister change sizes. My sister used to be a size 22. She's now the same size as me, about a size 10. And I think all this money for new clothes, every time you want to change size. Mm-hmm. So I said, let me just be one size. <laughs> <laughs> so once again the money is wrapped up in it i don't yeah. have time to be changing sizes even now when i buy things i think to myself girl what size will you be when you're in your tighties <laughs> you have to know you have to know because i think ah i need this close to last <laughs> so bola either you cut down or not necessarily cut down but think about what you're eating mm. um think about what you're consuming even for the sense of uh, long life yeah. and health something that i think a lot of us africans we don't look into hard enough but that's fine we weren't taught it it's a bit like personal finance we're not taught it so i try and i haven't been at the gym because i've been really busy but i try to go to the gym it's also very good for my mental health okay okay so you have like three meals a day still this is my second meal of the day i'll definitely get a third sometimes i don't i'd say it's not always about losing weight but it's about being comfortable in the skin in the skin you're in um you can do things like intermittent intermittent fasting some people do three meals some people eat more so i tend to eat healthier monday to friday okay but i say monday to friday but friday comes and it's all over jackie (laughs) (laughs) and then like friday to sunday i do as i please that seems that seems doable but to be honest what you just said just sounds like that's metabolism okay oh 110 percent. i feel very privileged that my metabolism yeah. uh because you're basically saying what i'm saying but you know me any other tuesday i'll be doing a robot keyboard <laughs> <laughs> i'll just be i'll just be gaining but i think i think it's important that like what you're saying it's like it's all about at the end of the day doing things that are fit and good for you and and, and i think it's also the beginning of discipline if you if you can discipline yourself yeah. in the physical health in the food you eat yeah. from a nutritional perspective that you can conquer anything basically bola soul is a mathematics and finance graduate a fashion blogger social media influencer and personal finance consultant her focus on finance is supported by her experience in working in the financial sector she teaches people to be smart with their money saving and making she has amassed great success in doing so. What would you call yourself? I definitely now call myself a personal finance guru. And it took me a long time to accept that name. Some people used to call me Guru Sensei. I was very uncomfortable with it. And I think that had a lot to do with my money situation at the time. Okay. It made me feel like, oh, I'm in my overdraft. I'm in this. I've got a credit card and it's not fully paid off. Yes. How can I be a guru? But you can. Um, you being excellent doesn't mean you you're not human okay so 
it's very important to still feel worthy even if you know you're flawed has your situation changed as well since then a little bit yeah it has changed a little bit i will definitely say um i'll share that my dad passed away in june and so sorry to hear that oh thank you and as a result it triggered me back to so for example i have to go i had to go to nigeria so you have to book a plane ticket that plane ticket is on my credit card and at the funeral it's not cheap i had to put about three or four three or four grand down if you're now including you know flights and things like that so maybe you have a certain amount of savings and things like that and that takes you back but i've promised myself and it's really hard especially on like my mental health but i'm not taking a holiday till next year march outside of the uk i might go outside of london but um till next year march i'm not taking a holiday and that is to recoup and get back to where i need to be for my finances Okay, so so that's basically where you were before. It's not where you are now because you're a lot more smarter fi- financially. Yes. And um, so my question is, when did you decide that finance was the thing that you were going to um, pursue or break down? When did you think, you know what, finance, I'm after like dissecting it? So I studied maths and finance at uni and my friend studied psychology. And I remember trying to have a conversation with her about investments. And I remember her being a bit blank about what I was talking about and me feeling like this is a problem there is a gap I'd go to events big corporate events there are white men everywhere and there are men everywhere even if they're black even if they're of different origins different races it doesn't matter there were a lot of men and I said where are women in this conversation so I said I want to start up something that's for women no jargon no financial times no big words basic let's go from the basic foundations a lot of these companies are offering investment from 10 pounds i say people don't even have the the money mindset to begin let's start there so that was really important to me that everyone has the foundation and people feel like they can come and talk to me i have i have time for women all day when it comes to money if you want to ask a question there is no such thing as a dumb question come to me i will answer it and if i feel like i can't answer it i have a i have a team behind me who can potentially answer it but the key is that we build a community together mm-hmm. and um so why specifically women why did you think that you know what it's women that i want to help when it comes to Bola's work focuses on educating women about their finances and she tells me why this is of major importance women are always told to marry rich that bugs me as opposed to being rich themselves Nothing, no story is worse than hearing a woman who fell into that perception and as a result maybe was seen as a prize as opposed to a person with their own being and their own morals and their own principles and then that man sees somebody who is younger and finds more attractive in that younger person for could be could be older as well but decides that they are going to leave their wife high and dry what happens to that woman for the many women who are not in the room for the many women who become single mothers what happens to them and what are the foundations that we leave for the generations to come that is very important to me that we build wealth for ourselves um, independent of a man and our relationship status I mean, I, I know that you told me a little bit about why you went into finance, but I really want to know, like, I really want to delve deeper into your own personal reasons. You know, I really want to know, like, deep down, like, what, because not, not everybody wakes up and says, you know what, I'm going to be a financial guru, you know, or I'm going to really talk about finance specifically. But like, where did it come from? 
subconsciously I also feel like now I can accept and say I grew up poor yeah first world poor but I grew up poor yeah and that was really hard I remember one time my friend turned to me and she laughed and she said but you know we grew up poor and I said no we didn't and she said yes we did and I said no we didn't and she said yes we did and I think that was the biggest heartbreak ever Mm. and I had to think about it there was a time where there were seven of us living in a two-bedroom flat. Yeah. How was that normal? Yeah. And I had to say, ah, it isn't normal. So what are we doing to create a new normality? Yeah. Create, not even normality, stability. Yeah. So that that isn't the case anymore. Yeah. And I think a lot of it came from there. For a very long time, I didn't know I was poor. And when you realised you were, what was it? It, it? it was it was heartbreak of um, a classist society. Okay. It was heartbreak of the fact that um, there is a lack of personal finance. There's, there's a lack of education when it comes to personal finance. Yeah. yeah. You know, the thing about what you're saying is that um, I'm from an African household like, like you, right? And we do not talk about money. Like, it's something that, in fact, it's even demonized when you talk about money. And it's so crazy because your self-worth is so attached to money growing up in, for example, Nigerian household. And so for me, like you, I remember in sociology when I found out that I was underneath lower class. Hell! (laughs) Hell, God have mercy! I found out I was underneath lower class. You know, they explained what lower class was, yeah? And I thought, even me, I can't even, that one's even too rich. So I feel like a lot of things to do with money starts off with your own personal pain and that of your parents pain as well because you gotta carry that especially when when your parents are immigrants you have to regardless of your race if your parents are immigrants and you come here and you have to oh you carry that as well and and you have to carry it with with pride and say you know mom dad i got you anyway yeah and it's tough and i'm gonna do different exactly even though you didn't have the conversation mom and dad and i don't blame you for that however I'm here, we're talking about it now, let's move forward. Because other people, middle class people, even some lower class people, they come from a place where they've got inheritance saved. Mm. So even their parents, they've already built a system to look after themselves. Mm. Where we're looking up, we're trying to look after ourselves, we're trying to look after our parents, then we're trying to look after our future kids. So it's you're you're becoming an octopus on your own. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, so my thing is like, why do you think it's good for people to be um to be interested in knowing more about money? I think it plays a big factor on a lot of people's mental health. I grew up in Brixton. I I still live in Brixton. And I see what a lack of finances does to people mentally. When they feel like they don't want to work for certain people or they want to do their own thing. And then when gentrification hits and you maybe have a lovely, sweet little cafe and they've told you rent has gone up and you have to go. This This is where finances become key because you have to know how to bounce back from that. Um, on top of that you know and then out of nowhere oh you can't provide a lot of men have to deal with that stereotype you can't provide what type of man are you and then you know you lose your money potentially you lose your family and then maybe you lose your house and that is the beginning of losing your mind when you no longer feel in control when you feel like money is controlling you and you don't control and you don't control it I feel like it is the beginning of losing your mind and it jeopardizes your mental health in a way that people don't know so it's so weird like mental health is so important to me but my um my pathway through that is by talking about money 
I feel like talking about money is very, very important. And it's something that I started to include in my life recently because I grew up also not talking about money. I also grew up, like I said, underneath the lower class, right? So it's like, for me, um, talking about money was something that was very, very difficult. And from afar, you were one of the people that in fact encouraged that from afar, you know, like it was like, I saw you talking about money and I was like, this is an African woman just like me. You know, we, I need to start bringing it up amongst my friends because the fear attached to money for me was the maddest thing. And so when you talk about relating it to mental health, I understand that because of the fear alone, you know, of being poor, of of being like your parents when it comes to finance is just the, the most scary, scariest thing. What is the most typical question you are asked when it comes to finance? It's never really a question, it's a statement. I'm in debt. And I say, and do you know what? I look at them and I smile and I say, a lot of us are. And it's okay. And you're going to get out of it okay. with the right mindset. So talk me through your options. Talk me through how much it is. And it's confidential every time. Okay. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are the steps? How are we getting through this? Community, when talking about money, is ridiculously important. Yes. If people feel alone, I, I'm not saying they have to be doing touch ID with you into your online banking, yeah. but I'm saying even that conversation, I'm in debt, okay, right. a lot of us are. It's fine. Letting people know it's fine. Yeah. Letting people know that if if you have a thousand pounds in debt, but your bills are 900 pounds a month, so it's yeah. going to take you a long time to pay it off, it's okay to know it's fine you'll pay off in 10 months yeah. it's fine you'll pay off in three years the key is that you work towards that and you create new money habits that help you and are, and are in your best interest so the what what's the first thing that you t- say to them when they come to you and they say i'm in debt and you say aren't we all what is the first thing that you tell them to go towards in order to get them you know one step closer to getting out of debt um look into zero percent balance transfer credit cards and look into sort of amalgamating, which means bringing together all of your all of your debts into one and just getting out one loan. Okay. So either a loan or a 0% balance transfer credit card. Okay. And if it means that it's a lower um, a lower rate, because there's there's two different types of dealing with your debt. So for example, someone who has five debts, um, you can decide um, it helps you if if you just cancel each debt one by one so some people you can start with um i think it's called the snowball effect so you start with the the smallest debt first so let's say boom november's here i have one debt of 100 pounds i'm gonna pay that off and then december comes i have one debt that's 500 pounds january a thousand february two thousand obviously this i understand that's not necessarily realistic but i'm just giving an example and some people mentally prefer that method however if you feel like the organization of five different debts is too much you can also um, put it into a lump sum debt and you can look for a loan that will have hopefully the, the lowest interest rate possible and then you can so for example let's say i get a loan with a company and then I've got five thousand pounds worth of debt. Okay. So I will now give all the money to those five debts. I'm now only paying one person. Yes. Do what's best for your mental health. Because yes. people prefer the snowball method. But someone like me, I don't want to because you can just forget one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so for, for someone like me, I'm like, I don't have time to be checking what's coming out each day. Mm-hmm. So as a result, I'll be like, no, this is the one I prefer. Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's the key about people knowing that. Um, there was a story that almost put me in tears and it was of, of a young boy, I think he was 17 and he's from Croydon and he had, he tried to get a job 
where he got a job and basically I can't remember what his job was but he had to drive around and he got a fine but he couldn't pay that fine in time so then bailiffs now came knocking on his door the fine was now adding up and adding up and um he had a stepdad and his mom was there but he felt he was 17 he had to be a man and the bailiff said, you know, we need you to have this money by this or then. He felt alone. He couldn't talk to anybody. He hung himself. Wow. That broke my heart. Wow. That broke my heart that he felt so alone. Yeah. At 17 years old, you felt you had to potentially be the man of the house or one of the men of the house and deal with that by yourself. And you felt that you couldn't talk to your mum, you couldn't talk to anyone. So you were going to end your life. Yeah. Because bailiffs made you feel like they are the, the end all and be all. Yeah. And that is how money made you feel. Like you weren't in control of it. It was going to control you and it was worth taking your life. So I think it's very important to let everyone know out there, whoever is listening, it is not worth ending your life for It is debt. never worth it. Ah, It is never it worth is it. It is never worth it. I don't care if you're 100k in debt. I have, I have read some stories about Richard Branson. No, not read. Even I read his book called Losing My Virginity. Yes. Richard Branson, who would have an overdraft of 50 million. Wow. That's when I clocked. <laughs> Us will have our small, small debt and we're ready to crawl up. We're ready to crawl up in a ball wow. and say, I can't go to this party. Ah. Yeah. Richard Branson is still out there shaking hands, offering people money, and you are fifty million in debt. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's never that deep. It's never that deep. Money's relative. You can always make it back. But keep your sanity every single time. What would you say or what would you encourage people to do in order to open up the conversation about money? Because I know I have some friends, yeah, who I know financially they're not well. Yeah. But they like to keep up a front. You know, they like to faji. Faji means shakara. It means, you know, like they're showing off. They like to, you know, have, you know, um, put in um, bread and butter in Louis Vuitton bag, basically. So my thing is that I know that they're not financially all right, but I want to offer them the open space to talk about money because I know denial is a very, it's a, it's, it's, it's a big thing, right? So how what do you say or what would you encourage people to do in order to open up this conversation about money should i just send them your twitter yes <laughs> and tell them there's this girl called Bolasol and yes. she she talks about money i think it would be great if we started conversations however i've just created an a money accountability group for people yes yeah, so um we had a big demand that i didn't anticipate i said i'd leave my dms open for 24 hours after three hours i got 300 messages i said guys i'm sorry it's closed yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you i can't deal you, you didn't even know your own source ah i didn't know, didn't own, know i didn't own know strength. Ah, this is it <laughs> but god said tonight i'm going to upgrade you that's it i'm going to upgrade your sauce so that you understand and i was overwhelmed in the best way and i thought wow here's women coming together and we're going to talk so the first one's mm. women i'm going to create one for men because they've been they've been complaining to me yes. <laughs> but um that's going to open at the beginning of every month probably until the end of january okay so in march i might take a break from it um i will take a break from it but for now i tell them to join that and why did you create this group to make money a normal conversation, um, I was speaking to a lady at Starling Bank today 
and that is a that's an app that basically gives you interest on your current account and a lot of current accounts don't necessarily do this they're quite a new company so look them up and she said did you know that people would rather talk to their families about illness about sex and something else than they would about money and I said this is a problem so I'm gonna build a group around the problem and we are going to all chug together towards the solution and we are none of us are going to feel stupid we're not going to isolate ourselves we are going to learn we are going to grow i have a so we call ourselves so i have um i've split them into different groups but i call it rich girl chronicles and the key is that you are rich in your own rights in your own definition of what makes you rich you are rich and Chronicles is about telling your story. So all of us telling our stories and working towards that. Being the rich girl we need when we're older and being the rich girl we need when we're younger so that we can pass it on for generations to come. And um, is your goal to be rich? Yes, but I am already rich. I hear you. Fantastic. That's a brilliant answer. <laughs> can all of us please have it? Uh, we all want our riches, please. You are very rich. Um, <laughs> I know, you girl. Are, amen. <laughs> What do you, what is the common misconception about being rich? That you can't be poor at the same time. Because some people have a lot of physical money and they're very poor. Very, very poor. You know, um, and um, what is the most common misconception about you, Bola Sol? That I am here to be your friend. I'm not here to be your friend. I'm mm. here to make you richer. Wow. Pick one. I have friends. I consider you a friend. And we have friends in different ways. However, everyone I come along and meet, it is not that I'm here to be your friend. I'm here to make you richer. And I go about my business and you go about yours. And I'm okay with being that direct. And some people might see it as a bit of an asshole trait. Mm. That is fine with me. I have my family and I have my friends. And I just about struggle to fit everybody in, in that. So you know you have to set boundaries and I come across a lot of people but it is key for people to understand I am not here to be your friend everyone isn't here to be your friend but allow them to make you richer in different ways you didn't anticipate Bola Sol is also the CEO of Refined Currency which is an information provider on finance which launched at the beginning of 2015 Refined Currency delivers information on debt budgeting saving and making money what is that? Yeah, so it's a personal finance website for women. So if you check out refinedcurrency.co.uk, you'll see it's just it's it's just about information from different types of savings accounts to what to do if you're on credit card debt, um, to some people's credit card stories, to um, loopholes, like past loopholes if you want to get from help to buy to a lifetime ISA. Sometimes you can talk about loopholes. So some people are able to make like 2,500 between a loophole. That was very legal. So we, we talk about some of those things there and we just try to make money more accessible, yeah. which sounds silly because we all use money, mm-hmm. but to make money and the information around money more accessible. And I also do that through workshops and talks. Okay, okay. That's amazing because you do quite a lot when you go and like you speak at uh, so many events. Um, and are you hoping to make like speaking a full-time thing? Yes, I would love to. And I think, you know, I work in financial services now, so I still have a full-time job. And only recently, and I felt, this sounds so intimate to share, but I was in the room the other day in a room full of many 
wonderful black women and it was a power brunch by vamp shout out to vamp and for the first time i felt god speak to me and say why are you not doing this full time and i looked around the room like who said that and obviously i've had god speak to me before but he's never said that so i was like okay and the more i talk to people the more i realize there's so many different ways i can branch out and do this but I'm I'm giving myself time and I'm biding time and, and, and I'm working on many things and um so that when it gets to a point where I say I have to pick one, mm-hmm. I will pick this. Yes. You know, there are times when I've wanted to quit okay. so many well, of quit my this side puzzles. Quit refi quit refined currency, have someone else run it. Not yes. me. Anyone who wants to take over it, please. I can't let the cause die because of me. Okay. It has to go on past me. Okay. Because if it was about Bola, I'd call it Bola Soul's money. Yes. But it is it is bigger than me. Okay. And then I was just like, but the cause is more important. But yeah, I, w- I would love to do this full time, along with, you know, the Bola Soul show. But I, I would absolutely love to do this full time. Conversation is important to me. You have been listening to WIABGK, the What If a Black Girl New podcast. This podcast is sponsored by my one woman show, Four Women, showing at Battersea Arts Centre on the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd of March. Get your tickets now. What if a black girl knew Bola Soul? Now, going back to my earlier question, I wanted to find out what is your goal? What is the thing that you're like, this is what I want to achieve? My goal is for every woman around the world to be financially independent. I've always spoken about refined currency. So RC takes Africa, RC takes Asia. I want to create systems for women where they don't have to depend on men and they can access their own money because there are women in certain in certain countries that they cannot access their own money any money they're given is given straight to their husband and they are ruled by that i want women to be financially independent and to be safe in that independence it makes me think about what could be put in place to allow that to happen for example you know like you say some women in uh, different countries they work and they give their money straight to their husbands what if refined currency was in such a good place that they could be part of the uh uh, work the occupation system so that you know like the way the, the pension pension works what if refined currency was as credible that they could be able to do that for women all over the world you know um i mean like when when i think of what you, what you said just now about being financially uh, having women to be financially independent i'm just thinking about practical ways in order to do that because we're both women we've come from places that are very um we've come from hardship so i feel like we're also very resourceful creatures as well so it's like why is it that that's not uh, a goal that you know is closer you know so like just think about different types of ways in order to do that so do you think about like all the different ways to do that I do now and I thank God for black women because I have seen people like Deborah Okenla who has started This Is YSYS, a startup, um, merge with powerful companies and create funding for women of colour. I've seen I've seen Vamp UK work with Disney, get a wrinkle in time, get me in a room where I can meet Oprah and things like that. And as a result of the height of which they have dreamed from Slumflower doing What A Time To Be Alone to Yummy and Elizabeth doing Slay In Your Lane. 
I have realized there is no ceiling. Yeah. And as a result, I can tell myself now from seeing them, there is no ceiling. So yeah. it is very possible. But if you asked me two years ago, is it possible? I'd say, I don't know. But now I'm like, I know. Yeah. I know it's there. Yeah. And we are not a trend. We are here to stay as black girls. And I will rise I will rise to the very top for the sake of women. Yeah. yeah. And and are uh, black women the people who surround your work? yes um okay so like with refined currency a lot of people think that it's just for black women and that's on the basis of me being a black woman but I grew up around white girls who lived in council estates and I want to cater to them too I want to cater to the woman even if she is middle class who married rich but knows nothing about money then her husband leaves her do we leave her in the cold is that what we've learned to leave people in the cold as a result as a result of classism and privilege we must learn we must learn and we must help them too. So that's what Refined Currency is about. Each one teach one. So we've talked about Refined Currency. We've talked about Bola Soul, the financial guru, right? So now I want to talk a bit about your um, Bola Soul show. Please tell me how that came about and what it is for. Okay, let me even move this table a big, a bit back because I can see my leg wants to <laughs> gain space and really talk about it. Um, my friend Olu, he sent me a podcast of the making of Oprah Winfrey. And I think it was just at a time I was like, okay, let's check it out. And I checked it out and I fell in love with the making of Oprah Winfrey. I fell in love with it. And I said, oh, I went back to him and I said, Olu, I am so grateful. So grateful that you sent me that podcast. It was so inspiring. And I said, it is such a shame. We have nothing in place to have discussions like she did and to talk about real issues because people like to listen to Oprah's Super Soul Sundays and things like that as a way to enlighten themselves and to grow in their perspective and I said it's a shame we don't have that and he made me realize and he said we are the leaders we want to see and it, it was just so profound and he didn't he didn't say anything else and I left it and I just it started to stew in my mind for about six months and then I remember, I I can't remember all three examples, but it was three was enough for me to know this is a calling. Yeah. Um, a girl at work was leaving and I didn't know her very well at the time. And she said, I don't think this place is for you. She said, I really see you being something like a presenter. You know, I've barely spoken to this girl barely spoken to her and I said I think at the time that was number two I can't even remember I now can't remember what one and three was maybe the first one was Olu Mm -hmm. so him saying that yeah and the second one was her it's the third one I can't remember and I said wow if that isn't something what is how long are we gonna wait to wake up to our own potential Mm -hmm. so I can't even remember one day I said I'm starting a show I messaged my friends I said I'm starting a show I hope you support me and I knew it wouldn't be easy and I learned along the way I spent a lot of money creating that show and developing it and paying for it and I said if I'm in a place where I'm getting paid a decent wage let me use that money to fortify my dreams if I believe in it and I believe the returns will come not straight away but it will come and that is how the Bolasol show was born and developed wow okay okay and you did it you did the hell out of it thank you oh when i look back to even a year ago it was so hard 
Ah, that day when the show was done. To be fair, I cried during Daddy Issues. Mm-hmm. When the show was done, I couldn't stop crying. I said, a hundred of you came out here and sat here mm-hmm. and believed in me. Mm-hmm. And I said, sometimes me, I don't even believe in myself. Mm-hmm. So to see you lot here, it it I, it touched me so differently. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I spoke about, I know sometimes we're in jobs that we don't like and we have dreams. I urge everyone to to get into that dream. I'm even crying now. Oh, it's it's tough. It was so tough. I was so poor that Christmas. Wow. I did not care. Yeah, because it made it made such a difference. And I have had meetings with big corporations because of that show. Wow. That they have seen me, and I say to people, listen. Some people are always looking for the cheap option. I say, put your money where your mouth is, where yeah. you can, yeah. and you will see things come to life. Like, I always believe that if you believe in something enough, like, and you can sacrifice something for it, like, that sacrifice means a lot. That sacrifice really does. Um, And you just have to believe in it. The last few things I want to talk to you about is, um, I want to talk to you about yourself, right? People know you on social media. Um, You know, you do some modeling stuff sometimes, you know, you do some, you you do consultancy and refined currency and this Bola social. I want to know who is Bola? Like, who are you? What is the thing that made you? I wanted to know why Bola focuses on finances and what draws her to this particular calling. I think it was constantly being misunderstood. Yeah. So growing up, it was at first I was ah, I was a rebel. My friends from secondary school would say the Bola soul that you know now. It wasn't the Bola that we saw in secondary school. She, I was expelled all the time. Mm-hmm, that was all mind. the time. <laughs> I was expelled all the time. I had a mouth. I still have a mouth. I just tailor it these days. <laughs> tailor it. I tailor it for good. Okay. As as often as I can and to be positive. It's only if I feel like I'm pushed to the very last slithering. It's, it's wisdom to be a Ah, amen. We thank God. It's and um, I was all, always very misunderstood. Yeah. And, you know, my therapist used to say, it's like you want to be seen but not seen at the same time and it made me think it's probably how a lot of black girls feel mm. to be visible and invisible yeah, I agree. and as a result you're very misunderstood me being loud in a classroom or or saying something funny potentially to make everybody laugh yeah. or a teacher talking to us in a certain way i would stick up my hand and say you can't talk to us like that yeah. and and then getting in trouble for that for speaking up and feeling like I was so misunderstood and then I got to about year 10 Mm -hmm. so when I was about 15 and I went quiet I was no longer a rebel I wasn't in beef you're not finding Bola there school finishes at 325 I'm home at four ha a teacher called Miss Young she showed me that I wasn't as smart as I thought I was I was put into a particular um, form in school because, and that was, but we also be the talent and gifted crew. And she basically said, you're in the lowest percentage okay. of that group when it comes to intellect. Wow. So she said, you know, she almost said, you are almost put in here by random and you take and you abuse it. Wow. She made me feel like the scum of the earth, but it changed my life okay. because I was going down a road of, I don't care. I'm going to do this. After that, I cared about my GCSEs. And I was always smart. 
just never willing to apply myself fully never yeah. willing to go home and do the revision yeah. do all of that and then I just became quiet and it was really hard because my mum was used to me getting in trouble so when I stopped getting in trouble she didn't know what to do with me and then it, it also became a point where I started to internalize a lot of my feelings because I didn't know how to express myself without being rude without being defensive so it took a lot of work and a lot of time and then ironically, I went on to college, Richmond College, and I became president of the student union. Okay. Over 4,000 people on a 10 grand budget. Okay. And now people are listening to me. I'm signing checks. That is how mad that and I And it was the first taste I had of leadership. And I said, is this for you? And I used that as an experience. And after I said, yes, it's for you. And yeah. So just feeling misunderstood, wanting to have a voice, but learning how to use it in the right rhythm. Okay. And it went from being a rebel to being quiet no being a rebel to being humbled Humble. to being quiet being a rebel to being humbled to being quiet to being quiet to doing the work on yourself to realize who it is that you'd like to become you tweeted something else you said some of us are something something we don't even know we're successful yeah 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 so because of comparison ah, this some is of it. us don't even know we're successful this is it that's why when you asked me about being rich, I said I'm rich. I'm rich now. Yeah, and, and it's so weird, that story of learning that I'm rich now yeah. came from a random man on the street okay. who came to me, I think it was two years ago, yeah. and he was just like, so, and I was like, he said to me, people think you're rich in money, but it's your heart that's richer. And at the time, I was thinking of getting a, a co-founder for a fine currency, and he, yeah. said, and he said, you're thinking to partner, don't partner. There are people in your life who can help you and you will never be able to understand who they are and why it's happening. But yeah. trust the universe. I realised that I've got everything I asked for. And um, when it comes to ask again, I was I became more specific. You know, because I realised that's the thing. You know, you, you get what you ask for and it doesn't feel like how you thought it would feel. Because you weren't specific about yes. it. And you yes. got ex- and Preach the thing is it. that I got exactly what I asked for. But I wasn't specific, right? And so now, when I'm... Um, literally um, uh, setting my intentions again I'm literally asking specifically for what I want and I know that it will come to pass because I'm not a lazy I'm not a lazy human being I will get up and you know do the work so um, by the way this has been amazing like it's so good to like get to know you like really comfortable like just being you and just like really just speaking about your experience you know Um, so First thing I wanted to ask you, using the sentence, what if a black girl knew? I want you to tell me of a book that you would recommend. What if a black girl knew the secret? And it's something Oprah said when I finally met her, which is just such a mad sentence to say within the year of starting my show that I met Oprah. Um, But she said something, and this, this is significant in the secret, tap into your highest frequency. And I do it at least once a day. I tap into my highest frequency. I focus. It is like meditation. And I talk about what I want to manifest. Whether I say it out loud, whether I write it down, or whether it's in my head, I ensure that I try to tap into my highest frequency at least once a day. What is your highest frequency? How do you get to your highest frequency? Focus. It's no distractions. Um, It's no background noise. You are focused on the things you want to achieve. And as long as it is not everything isn't self-serving mm-hmm. i think those things that you, you those things that you think about you write about mm-hmm. or you speak about will come to pass yeah I manifestations agree. i agree so much okay the next question is using the same sentence what if a black girl knew 
please tell me an uh, advice um, that you would give to your younger self. What if a black girl knew her financial mistakes or the mistakes of her parents and her ancestors do not define her financial fortune and future? Could you tell me someone that you would um, you would like me to know? Um, preferably someone who would be in this room. Um, it could be more than one person, actually. Um, but, but who do I need to know? Who do we need to know? What if a black girl knew? Okay, I'm going to say Joy, who is a part of Refined Currency, but she is also a pharmacist. She can tell you about your... Your, your, what to do about your physical health, how to medicate yourself, how to best look after yourself. Joy Oyebukun. Oh, my sister as well. She's a, she's a wife and a mother, but she's a doctor. I don't want to tell too much of her story, but when she was 11, she was hit by a motorbike. In order for her to survive, a helicopter had to come because if anything else, she on the road, she wouldn't have made it. And they said, based on the, the injuries... There's no way you can become a doctor. And now she is Dr. Oprah Scott, wife and mother. Being able to talk about money freely is a blessing. And I have learned so much from this conversation with Bola Sol. I hope so have you. What if a black girl knew? Bola Sol. What if a black girl knew? That she would be desired by others only if she desired herself.